How many are thankful that God saw fit to give us moms? Amen. You know, moms display the heart of God. And so before we go any further, we just want to take and honor our moms this morning. And I just want to share a few thoughts before we pray over our mothers this morning and bless them with a gift. You know, parenting is at best a two-person job. It takes a joint contribution of a father and a mother in the lives of their children to raise them up to be healthy, strong, intelligent, productive, and responsible men and women who will leave home before they're 40. (laughs) To carry on the mantle of parenting from one generation to the next. But today in our culture and our society, we have too many moms having to brave this challenge on their own. The breakdown of the home, the redefining of our culture, the modern family models being displayed and promoted through entertainment, politically correct agendas all add up to making being a mom in this day a greater challenge than ever before. Speaking from a father's side, too many times we allow most of the responsibility to fall upon the shoulders of the mom. Why? Because we say we have our jobs. We say we don't relate well to kids. We're not good with diapers. We don't have the patience and nurturing skills of a mom. Besides that, what do you do with it when it cries? They're all good excuses, but not good enough to roll our responsibility over onto her. That's why on Mother's Day, husbands should honor their wives the mother of their children, for picking up our slack, for caring for us with the same nurturing love as they do for the rest of the kids. Being a mother is a daunting task. It's not for those faint of heart, of weak constitution, or even desiring recognition, and especially for those who need no sleep because there's always a demand on them. Parenting is at best the toughest thing we do in life, being entrusted with the life of another, to raise, nurture, train, protect, and provide for them in love while facing all the other issues and responsibilities that come with life. Do we get it right? Sometimes. Do we get it wrong? Sometimes. Do we pray for a do-over? Always. Amen. But through it all, if there's one thing we see in the heart of mom, it's the heart of God to always forgive and to restore. The desire to be connected to the life that was formed in them and came from them. Moms carry the heart of God. And God did something so special in women He gave you the ability to carry life, for life to be formed in you and to come from you. Such a powerful, powerful gift. As being moms, we've learned that uh, you say things that we never say. And so this morning, we just want to take a minute before we pray for you and just to acknowledge you for all the things that you never say.
bored. I wish I had something to do. <sighs> Thanks for letting me sleep in, kids. If you make a mess in the kitchen, please let me know so I can clean it up. Raising kids is so easy. I just love driving around all day. Oh, I never have to repeat myself. They always listen so carefully. Oh, look, an empty box of cereal. Love it. Just wipe it on your sleeve. It's pretty cold, but you don't need a coat. Oh, you don't have to push in your chair. Don't make your bed, you're just gonna sleep in it again later. I think I'll skip the coffee today. You know, these throw pillows look way better on the floor. I'm really not that busy. Well, you haven't showered in three days, but I think you smell great. We do have food at home, but let's just go out to eat. Just brush your teeth whenever you feel like it. Here, take my phone charger and go put it in your room. Oh, just leave your dirty dishes on the counter. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, let's all pull out our phones. Youth sports are so cheap. Braces are so cheap. School fees are so cheap. Hey, can you come crawl in bed with me around 2 a.m.? Thanks. Okay, I just spent two hours making dinner, but if you don't like it, that's fine. Just let me know and I'll make you something else. Don't even bother looking for that. I'm sure it's lost and gone forever. Can somebody please throw something at my head? I mean, I can keep track of every single one of your things. I get a ton of sleep. I get a ton of gratitude from my children. I get a ton of unsolicited help with the housework. Oh, you don't have to hurry up. We're gonna be right on time. Can someone please throw something at the TV? Thanks for doing the laundry, everyone. I'm sorry, I can't hear you. Can you use your outside voice? Fight, fight, fight! The floor of this vehicle is so clean, I can't believe it. Oh, good. Another trip to the grocery store today. Let's go. use the bathroom while I'm in here? Hallelujah. Praise God. But really, how do we begin to express or explain why moms need a day of recognition? We all came into this world after being carried by our mother growing and being developed in her womb we changed her life and she carried our life within her moms are such a unique gift from God the best we can do to honor them is to offer more than just a service for them today we want to offer a prayer of recognition and thanksgiving for our moms but I have one more video just before we pray go ahead guys well moms today is your day it's a day to say thank you for loving us caring for us and guiding us it's a day to recognize all you do and all you are to us your perfect wonderful amazing children thanks for all the early mornings and for taking care of the things we take for granted thanks for never giving up on us even when we stress you out Thanks for making sure we have what we need and for giving us your heart even when you're sick and tired. Thanks for working hard even when we're a handful and for loving us unconditionally when our attitude is anything but lovable. You're our everything, Mom, and we'd be a mess without you. Today, we thank God for the wonderful gift of you. Happy Mother's Day.
Come on, give moms a great hand. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm going to do something that I do every year. I want to acknowledge our mom, but I want to ask every woman in the house to come join us up here as well. I want every woman in the house to come up and join us. Say, Pastor, this is Mother's Day. Yes, it is. And every mother first is a woman. Before she's a mom, she's a woman. And the reason I'm asking every woman to come up here today is because we're living in a day and an hour when womanhood is under attack and being redefined. We're living in a day and an hour when men want to identify as you. And that desire to identify as a woman is something that degrades who you are. Because no man could ever identify with who you are as God made you. God created you with value and a uniqueness that reflects who He is. As we're teaching on the Holy Spirit, you really are a representative of the Holy Spirit to us. You are the comforter in our lives. And you have such great value before God. And motherhood is a great gift. But in our culture today, too many times we diminish people. And there are women who have walked their whole life and never had the experience of being able to be a mom. And they should never feel less than that. Because you are a woman created by God to reflect and reveal His nature. Whether you've ever had a child or not and, and that's what I mean there are so many areas in our culture that make people feel inferior and I want you to know this morning there's not one mom, woman that is inferior before God you are God's creation you are his unique creation and his value upon you is greater than you know there's not one act in your life that makes you less than anyone else. There's not one thing you could miss out on, not partake of, that makes you less than the woman that God made you to be, to be the reflection and the display of His glory. And so I just want to affirm each of you here today as women of God. Those who reflect His nature, His character, and that let us see physically what the comforter looks like because that's what you bring into our lives you bring the comfort of God into our lives as your husbands as your children and we thank you for that today hallelujah I want you to pray with me this morning bow your heads everyone in this audience pray with me this morning you pray there I'm going to read this prayer over our moms and over these women today Father, today we pray for the moms, for the women in our lives who are busy doing the laundry, cleaning the house, preparing the meals, handling all the duties around the home that most of us never think about and too often take for granted. May you experience the sanity and the peace of God in the midst of the craziness of your days. 
We pray for the moms who need to do outside work instead of being able to be home builders, home keepers. While still carrying the load and the work within their home, may you experience increased energy and decreased guilt. May your double labor be rewarded with double honor. Today we pray for moms with special needs children, which includes almost every child. May your strength be replenished. May your compassion be rewarded, your mercy renewed, and may the unconditional love you give be measured back to you in endless ways, knowing that your heavenly Father you greatly Father today we pray for single moms may your hope and strength be found in your great God who is the father to the fatherless and the constant companion to those who walk alone may you know his strength and may you sense his peace surrounding you daily moment by moment as you strive and give all you have to your children. Father, today we pray for expectant moms. May God protect the life growing inside of you. May His grace and strength be with you. May you and this brand new life you carry be filled with the peace and the comfort of God's presence through every moment of this amazing time. As you look forward with joyful anticipation to the moment that you hold in your arms the glorious life being formed in your womb. Father, today we pray for moms who are struggling to conceive, who desire to conceive. Father, may your presence and love in the middle of this intense and uncertain time, surround them. May the Lord make you fertile ground, granting to you the desire of your heart. We declare you will conceive like Hannah and bring forth the answer to your prayers. Father, we pray for those today whose moms have passed away. Lord, there's nothing in our life that takes her place. May this be a day of honor, freedom, and fond memories for you. May you know the comfort and peace that only God can give you as you walk through this day and every day that is before you. And Father, today we pray for every mom who for whatever reason has been estranged, separated, or is in need of restoration with her children. May God grant them the grace, the compassion, the healing, and the restoration, and the union with their children that they long for in their heart. May forgiveness and restoration be found this day, Jesus' day. Father, we thank you for giving us these lovely, 
imperfect, sacrificial people who have cared for us, covered us with their love. Thank you for making yourself known to us through their lives. May your grace, your peace, and your strength be upon them today. May they reap an abundant harvest measured back to them for all that they have sown into the lives of others. May your love and kindness to them be as boundless as theirs have been to us. Father, I pray your blessing over every mom, over every woman, because you've given them to us as the reflection and the display and the example of who you are to us. You are our lover. You are our companion. You are our strength. You are the one who edifies and lifts us up. And we thank you for the women you have placed in our lives to show us your heart. We bless them today in Jesus' name. Somebody said, Come on, give all of our women a great hand this morning. Amen. We love you all. Well, just before we take a few moments and get in the Word, I uh, want to read a... I need my... We've been praying. How many know that we have a missionary in India, Dr. Sharwan and Rinku, and uh, their ministry there. And uh, so we received this uh, through WhatsApp with them, a request with everything that's going on in India right now. And so let me read this to you. We want to pray for them together. So dear Pastor Dawn and church family, greetings in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We believe that you are all praying for us in India, in our country and in my state, Rajasthan. COVID-19 cases increased out of control. State has, had, has been locked down since the 16th of March. Hospitals have no free beds for patients. The shortage of medical oxygen. People are dying for a lack of oxygen. It's a medical emergency in our country and state of Rajasthan. Uh, we, lost near, we lost near and dear friends and dear ones from our church family as well. Never imagined and thought there would be such a difficult time. Please pray for Dr. Sharwan, Dr. Renku, Harshan Varsha. As we are doctors in frontline, Dr. Renku is posted in Rajasthan State Main COVID Center, and her duties are difficult with too much workload. Please pray for safety for my family. Thank you for your prayers and your concerns. We are running medical clinics in the slums, screening for COVID-19 patients who have mild symptoms and giving them basic first-line medical treatment so they can get better. Also finding out those who have moderate symptoms that can be alerted and refer them to hospital. Thank you for your prayer, Dr. Sharwan. And so I had some pictures of them where they're out and they just go out in the streets. They take their supplies, they minister, and they've been doing this. And that's where we support them. And so their ministry is called Save Kids Trust. And uh, they've been going and doing medical missions for years and that and ministering to the children in the slums. And we've been supporting them now for, uh, gosh, I think about 15 years. 
and uh, but they just do an amazing job. Uh, before we met Sharwan, before he was married, and before he had children <laughs> and everything, so it's just awesome watching what the Lord has done. And uh, so, uh, just an amazing, amazing time. Would you join me as we pray? And just begin to pray. I mean, if, if you're baptized with the Holy Spirit, would you just pray in the Spirit for them right now? Father, we just thank you in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you as we lift up India before you. God, we just speak a healing wave to come over that nation right now. Father, this is a situation that you know. We're not telling you anything that you're not aware of, but we know this is a situation beyond any answer that man has. <coughs> An answer of this magnitude will take a miracle. So, Father, right now in the name of Jesus, we just declare a release of a healing wave across India. A wave that will come like a mighty rushing wind, Father. That will sweep across the nation of India in such a way that they will know it is the breath of God breathing upon that nation, declaring that there is one true living God in a nation that has thousands of deities that they worship. Father, we declare that the one true God would breathe upon this nation, that it would cause a wind of revival. Lord, let it be again like it was the mighty fires and winds of revival that swept across that nation through Mel Torres and those others. Father, let another wind of revival sweep across India with healing power, declaring the living God. We pray your protection over Sharwan and Renku and Harsha and Varsha, Lord, and those in their church and their family and their workers and the doctors and the medical staff and team. We declare, declare provision into their life, protection over their life. And Father, we thank you for a miracle healing wave for the nation and the people of India. In Jesus' name, somebody said, Amen. Come on, give the Lord a good praise this morning. Amen. You know, this morning is a, uh, is a fun morning and, uh, and got a lot of good things going on. But just before we, uh, we, we got one more thing to do just before we dive into this. So I'm going to ask Kevin Folsom to come up and he's going to share a little bit. Last weekend, uh, they, we just had a, a great time and they uh, uh, went out. Kevin and Jenny headed up a team and they went out and did an outreach. And so we have a little video montage and they're going to share a little bit about what happened. Give the testimony, however you want to do it. You want the... You want the video yeah, first? Go ahead and show the video. All right, go ahead and kill the. You don't have the pictures, Eli? You didn't load that for that? Okay, maybe while I'm. Well, you share while he loads. Okay. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> so uh, we had a wonderful outreach um, last week in Camino. And the first thing that really came to my mind is just, um, just how generous all of you were. Um, there was an outpouring of new clothes and food and supplies, and it really blessed the people. So I want to thank you so much for being so generous. We've done this kind of thing before, but we've never had a rack of brand new clothes with the tags on them. And so, uh, yeah, this is the generosity of, of all of you. And I got to tell you, moms came in. I mean, it's not, dads are not coming, but moms come. And moms, you know, we told them, hey, you can pick out uh, a piece of clothing for each of your kids. And they love that rack. And they went in and they picked something out, and it really blessed them. And that's part of what this outreach was, was to bring blessing to this little village. So we want to thank all the, all the women. There's a lot of uh, volunteers that came out, women in the, um, the women's Bible study, 
Um, everyone worked well together. Zach Pipes, a shout out to him. He went to uh, around the neighborhood inviting, inviting people to the outreach. And special thank you to Jenny Montero, who did worship for us. And Sylvia did our translation, so we're really, really grateful for all that. And thanks to Pastor Don and Pastor Sue. A lot of support for this, this outreach, which is really great. Um, and our friend Carolyn gave a gospel message to, um, to the kids about Zacchaeus. And then finally, I just, I just prayed, um, God, what do you want me to share? And the Lord gave me um, a word and told me to share about the woman at the well. It's kind of interesting because um, and the woman at the well... The story talks about Jesus coming into a village and changing a village, right? If you look at the end of that story, the whole village gets saved because of what Jesus knew and how he ministered to that woman. And so in a way, that's kind of what we did. We came into a village, and we brought Jesus with us, and we brought blessing. Um, and then the Lord gave us kind of a, a little, um, God gives you the strategies, and he gives us a strategy of these target gift cards. And because we had a hard time in, in, in previous times getting people to stay for a message. And so we said, we're going to give away a, tar a $50 Target gift card. So they stayed, okay? And so I'm holding this gift card up, and, and, and I can start my message. And they're, they're glued to my message. So it's awesome. So several women, you know, we, we, you know we, we, the gospel was shared, and that, the woman at the well message was shared. Several women raised their hands. And so be, keep them in prayer. Um, so Jesus walked into that village, and that's really what happened. And we're really just grateful to be part of it and appreciate all of you. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Amen. That is awesome. Yeah. People saying yes to Jesus. How awesome is that? Amen. Hallelujah. And thank you again, everyone. What blesses us is that we love it when, uh, when ministry happens, whether we're here or not. That's the whole goal. Ministry is not about us, about the church becoming the church. Amen. And ministering. So let me just take a couple of minutes. We'll share a couple of thoughts with you this morning as we're continuing on. But that's what the Holy Spirit is all about, is empowering, equipping, and enabling us to go out and do the work of the ministry and touch our world with the love of Christ. Amen. Did you bring your Bibles? 
All right, let's make our declaration. We'll spend a few moments in the Word. This is my Bible. I live by its truth. I walk in its light. I rest in its promises. I'm empowered by its love. And I overcome by the faith produced from receiving this seed sown into my heart. Father, I thank you for the great things you're doing. I thank you for the hearts and lives you are touching. I thank you, Father, for the ministry that you are raising up, stirring up, and motivating, Father, by your Spirit. I thank you, Father for your gifts, your talents, your abilities that you placed on the inside of us so we could do the work of the ministry, taking the gospel to our county. In Jesus' name, continue to do your work in us, we pray. And everybody said? Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, I'm going to briefly just run you through this this morning. And Pastor Cole did a great job last week preaching on the Holy Spirit, on the Spirit of God, and the, on the Holy Spirit and the Spirit of God and the names of God. And I just want to share with you a couple thoughts as we go through this morning. And then I would just want to focus on the Holy Spirit as the Spirit of Christ and empowering us to do the work of the ministry. I want to encourage you to believe God, that you're equipped by God, you're born again, the Spirit of God lives on the inside of you. In fact, let, let me just illustrate it this way. If you have your Bibles, go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I'm going to read a verse 2. You had a 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and then I want you to turn. So if you can take and turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and then also if you want to find it, John chapter 3. I want to read a couple of verses to you out of John chapter 3. So in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 16, it says this, Therefore we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing. This body, this outward man, even though it is perishing, yet the inward man, somebody say the inward man. The inward man is being renewed, how? Day by day. day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal reward. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are what? Eternal. And so every one of you, if you're born again, if you accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, the Spirit of God is alive in you. You have an inner man. And if you notice in our society today, we're consumed with preserving our body. The number one issue almost on everything. What, what, what's, what's the number one issue in, in politics right now? Health care. And everything about our life and everything else, preserving, getting all that. So one, one of the main issues is health care. And we're all consumed with health. Almost every advertisement you have on TV is some new drug that helps with something that affects your body. I mean, I don't know what it is, from hair to, you know, to whatever it is. It, it just doesn't matter what it is. But we're constantly, we're so consumed with our outward man that is perishing that we give very little attention to our inward man who can be renewed day by day. And so what God does by His Spirit, He wants you to begin to live from the inside out. And if you're trying to live Christianity from the outside in, it never worked. But when you realize that when you accept Christ, you've now received His life on the inside of you. Greater is He that is 
in you than he that is in the world. So the greater one dwells on the inside of us. And learning who the Holy Spirit is and the help that he brings into our life and allowing that help to work in our life and drawing upon that help and agreeing with this help is what empowers us to live victorious, a victorious Christian life. Victorious Christianity doesn't mean everything goes perfect. It means that you never overcome by opposition. It means you never lose heart. Listen to what Paul said. The Apostle Paul said, for our light affliction. If you read what Apostle Paul calls light affliction, most of us wouldn't qualify. We think a headache is a major affliction. Paul said, I, I, I've been beaten with stripes five times. 39 times, five times, almost 200 stripes. Beaten, whipped five times. Beaten with rods. Whipped, thrown in prison. And he goes, my light affliction is but for a moment. Seeing that I'm looking for a farmer. So what I'm trying to get you to see is Jesus says, I'm sending you a helper. I'm sending you a comfort. The Holy Spirit, God is going to be with you. I'm going to be with you. I'm not going to leave you alone. I am coming to you. I'm not going to leave you as orphan. I am with you. Somebody say, God is with me. If you get that on the inside of you, God is with you. When you're born again, you're born with the life of God on the inside of you. He is with you. Go to John chapter 3. I told you to turn there. Look what Jesus said in verse 5 and 6 to Nicodemus. He said, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Everybody is aware you've been born of the flesh. We honor our moms today. They, they birthed us. They give us life in the flesh. But only God can give you life in the spirit. Your, your spiritual birth comes from God, and God breathes his life back into you, and you are made alive unto God. So learning how to do that. I, I shared this with our life group Thursday night. What if we gave as much attention and as much value and, and invested as much in our inner man as we do in our outer man? Think of the money, the resources, the time, the worry, the anxiety. Think about what, what if we were as concerned about building up our inner man as we were about not having wrinkles on our outer man. I mean, <laughs> I love looking at movie stars until they have their eyelids. I've had their face stretched so far till their eyelids touching the back. I mean, their eyebrows wrap all the way around. It looks like a headband, man. They've had their face tightened so much. Amen. <laughs> so anyway, but think about we're so concerned about our outer appearance, trying to preserve that, trying to look good and trying to do all. What if we were concerned about our inner man like that? And we allow God to work in us and begin to agree with what he wants to do. Because there is a day. And I want you to think about this. I, I heard Robert Morris and it kind of inspired this. But he was making a statement about God's desire. And just like I said with the moms this morning. Moms have a desire to be reconciled to their children. Because that's life that was formed in them and came forth from them. And, and they, they, they desire us to be with that life and to be in union with that life. You were formed by God and you came from God. And God desires to be reconciled for you to be reconciled to him. That's what 2 Corinthians is all about, that God has given us the ministry of reconciliation. It says that, Paul said in chapter 5, 2 Corinthians 5, that God was in the world through Christ, reconciling the world to himself. Because when God formed man, this is how it worked, when God formed you, he made a body out of the dust of the earth. 
And then he breathed his life into the dusty earth. When God said, let us make man in our image, he said what he's saying is, let man have life that is an expression of our image. Our life of God is the expression of his nature, his image in us. We're the expression of his life. Are you with me? And so in that, so God puts his life in the body that he formed. But the body came from the dirt. Well, you, 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 you're formed from, what you're formed from is what sustains you and what you return to when you die. So your body was formed from dirt, and when you die, it goes back to dirt. If we leave you in the ground long enough, you just become compost. That's what will happen. This body will go back to dirt. It will be absorbed by what it came from. But your spirit came from God and goes back to God. Your spirit is formed in you from God, came from God, and that's the life that goes back to God. But your body is sustained by what the earth produces. We, we eat of the herbs of the field. We were laughing because Yeshua... Uh, Ascari is our, our, our Persian Yeshua and Khadijah. And so Yeshua comes over, and they're just amazing. They're such fun people. But the, the Persian culture is so different. So in, in Iran and Persian culture, they eat lots of fresh herbs. And so, and, and Yeshua, he's, he loves our lemon trees. We give away all of our lemons and stuff. So he's out there Thursday night under the tree picking lemons. And then as we're picking lemons, he goes, oh, Mint. And then we have these big mint plants and stuff. So he starts grabbing mint. He's just like, hum, hum. and so he's eating this mint. And so while we, he has this whole colander that he's rinsed off of mint leaves and stuff. And so while he's, eat, he's eating handfuls of, and I was going to set it aside, let him take it. I said, no, I'm eating that all right now. And I go, okay. <laughs> Spearmint gum, glory to God, amen. So anyway, but he's eating this. He said, no, in Persia, we eat the mints, we do this, and, the, and, and the, all the different herbs, we just eat them. And da, 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 da. So he ate that whole bowl. Of, so he's sustained by what's coming from the ground. And then, but also, we had carnitas tacos, which came from the pig that ate the stuff that came from the ground. So we're sustained by the earth. Are you doing all right? <laughs> I was shoving in carnitas. He was shoving in mint. Amen. So, but to each culture, be their own. <laughs> So anyway, but your body is sustained by this, but your spirit cannot be sustained by what comes from the earth. You can sustain your body naturally, but you cannot sustain your spirit naturally. So you have to feed your spirit spiritual things. You have to spend time in fellowship with God. You have to feed on the Word of God. The Word of God is called the bread of life, and it feeds your spirit. So I have to have His Word on the inside. Man does not live by what? But by every what? <clears throat> so I have to feed myself that. I have to pray and communion and fellowship with God is what builds me up. That's why, and even in this area, that's why there's such an attack against praying in tongues. I pray that by the time we're done, if you have any hang-ups about tongues, you can get delivered and set free. Because listen to what it says. He that prays in an unknown tongue doesn't speak to men, howbeit in the, in the Spirit, howbeit in the Spirit, he speaks to God. He speaks mysteries to God. And so you have this vertical communication with God, and then it's says I don't know how to pray as I ought to so the Holy Spirit is my helper and he helps me pray in perfect union with the will of God that brings forth manifestation into the earth 
And the devil says, the one thing I don't want you doing as a believer, I don't want you connected to God in a way where you're able to pray his perfect will. I want you limited in your natural mind thinking you're praying spirit-filled prayer when you could have had the voice of the Holy Ghost praying through you and declaring God's perfect will and releasing his power into the earth. Amen. And so in that, and then it says in Jude 20, it says praying in the Holy Ghost, building up, building up, strengthening your most holy faith. People say, well, I wish I had more faith. Then just pray in the Holy Ghost more. Because something happens when you pray. Your inner man gets strong on the inside because you're praying from here, not from here. You have two voices. You have an inner man and you have an outer man. Though our outward man is perishing, your inner man has limited understanding and knowledge. Your, your, your outer man has limited understanding and knowledge. Praying for Sharwan, we have no idea on really what the actual circumstance But the Holy Spirit is there right now. And so if I say, Holy Spirit, pray through me for India right now. And I begin to pray in a heavenly language in the Holy Ghost for India and for that area. I'm praying the perfect will of God. Amen. 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 And so I'm praying that God gives you a breakthrough in that area. Hallelujah. Isn't God good? So think about Jesus in this area. And Paul Cole kind of touched on this, and then I want to jump over to the Spirit of Christ. Just as Jesus is called Christ, Redeemer, Savior, Son of God, Son of Man, Prince of Peace, Word of God, Bread of Life, Bridegroom, King of Kings, Lord of Lords, Apostle, Chief Priest, Chief Shepherd, our High Priest and Lord. Woo! He's got a lot of titles. He operates in a lot of ways, a lot of diversity in different areas in our life. Understanding that same way with the Holy Spirit, as the Spirit of, as the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Christ, and the four major names as our Comforter. Cole did a great job on the Holy Spirit and the Spirit of God last week. He said I was supposed to finish up on discipline, but I'm going to skip that myself. No. Let me just give it to you. The Holy Spirit works as the Spirit of God to discipline. Why does God bring discipline into our life? Because he wants you perfected. He wants you on core. Discipline from God is what, when you go home today, this is what you're going to do. On your way home, hopefully you discipline your car by steering it in the right direction. Because if you drive home without any discipline in your car, somebody's going to be mad at you before you get out of this parking lot. Because you're going to run into them. So the only way to get home is to discipline your car by keeping it on course. And God's discipline comes into your life to make sure you're on course. How many know that Jesus said, straight is the way and narrow is the gate? And so God works in our life to keep us on a straight path. And, and he'll bring us back and keep us on that true course that gets us to his purpose for our life, his expected end for our life. And so the Holy Spirit brings that discipline into our life. He purges, he takes away, he chastens, and he brings, if you would, his judgment and the spirit of burning to get everything out of the way that diminishes us or that causes us to be in conflict with him in our life. God wants you in perfect union with him. He says, hey, if you'll deal with that, we'll have a better relationship together. Are you doing all right? So he, he wants, the, and, and I've used this illustration before. When it means to be one, what, what does it mean to be one with God? And you've heard it. This is what it means. One with God means nothing between. So the Holy Spirit works, and he points out anything that is between you and God in relationship. And he works, and he says, if you will let that go, 
then there will no longer be anything between us. God is working to where there's nothing between you and him, to where you have perfect union with him. Amen? That's the work of the, of the Spirit of God in our life. As the Spirit of Christ, I want you to hear this this morning. So on the cover of your outline is where I'm beginning. I have seven minutes. So watch this. The Holy Spirit is also referred to as the Spirit of Christ. Romans 8, 9, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. If the Spirit of God and the Spirit of Christ are not the same Spirit, then we would be receiving two spirits. When the term is used, attention, when this term is used, attention is called to the fact that he is given by Christ in John 16, 7. Jesus appeared to his disciples after resurrection and breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is sent into the world by Christ to impart the life, the Christ life to it. The capacity of being sent by Christ in the capacity of being sent by him, he comes to impart the Christ life to us. If you have your Bibles, go with me to Ephesians chapter 4. I just want to read this one verse to you. You can also read Colossians 3. It basically says the same thing. Paul, uh, just a little bit differently, but it's imparting the same message. Ephesians 4. And verse 20 to 24 says this. But you have not so learned Christ. If indeed you have heard of him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. Verse 22. That you put off concerning your former conduct the old man which grows a corrupt according to deepful lust. But be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And you put on the new man who is a creating according to God in true righteousness and holiness. So there's a new man on the inside of you. Amen. You know, 1 John says it like this, he that's born of God sinneth not. You know, you have a man on the inside of you who will not sin. Your spirit man is never going to violate God's will in your life. You got to get your flesh involved. Your flesh has a problem. Your spirit doesn't have a problem. Are you doing all right? Which is why ministry, my ministry, is not to your spirit. My ministry is to your soul. We're fighting for the soul. You're, 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 you're pressing through, and we are, to the saving of our soul, our mind, our will, and our emotion. Because if I ever get my soul under the dominion of my spirit, amen, then I bring my mind under control, I bring my emotions under control, and I submit my will to the will of the Father. Are you doing all right this morning? Amen. And so that's what Jesus imparts us as the Spirit of Christ. Life in the Son is the Spirit of God and Christ is called the Spirit life. John 3, 35, Jesus said, again, you must be born of the Spirit. In that area, he said, you have to be born of the Spirit. You know, and we read that, the outward man and the inward man of Life. The impartation of the Christ life is the work of the Spirit of Christ. It produces the fruit of Christ's nature. Paul tells us in Philippians that the fruit of righteousness, the fruits of righteousness are by Jesus Christ. The Christ life within us is the seedbed from which the various kinds of Christian character grows, revealing that we are now partakers of his divine nature. The next thing that the Spirit of Christ does is he reveals all that Christ is to us. And I want you to hear this last thought this morning. I'm going to just camp right on there. You can read about the comforters there in your notes, but I want you to hear this on who Christ is to us. 
John 16, verses 14 and 15 are there in your outline. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it. Somebody say declare. declare. So everybody look up here just for a moment. You know what that means? That means he has a voice. The Holy Spirit is trying to speak and declare to you, but he does not talk to your head. The, str- the struggle that we have in Christianity is we're trying to understand God within the confines of our mind. We want to understand God inside this little box. God doesn't speak to your mind. He reveals to your spirit. Get that. God does not speak to your mind. He reveals to your spirit. Do you remember what Jesus said to to Peter when he said, Peter, who do you say that I am? Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus said, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. This has been, you're saying that, Peter, you're speaking this out of your spirit, Not, not out of what you've heard in your ear, but something's been spoken into your spirit. And you heard it. And you know that I am the Christ, the Son of the living. That was revealed to you. So God doesn't speak to your mind. He reveals to your spirit. Are you doing okay? And so Revelation 19 says this. Uh, 19 verse 10, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of the prophecy, which means all prophecy comes by the Holy Spirit and always testifies of Christ. All true prophecy will testify of Christ and his work, bring and bring revelation of him. We must always remember that the Holy Spirit is sent not to glorify himself, but to impart to us the Christ life, which is why it's so important. When you begin asking God and you begin desiring to flow with the Holy Spirit and that anointing begins to flow through your life, don't touch it. Don't touch it. Stay humble. It's the Spirit of God. Everybody look up here. We have nothing to bring. We're flesh. If we weren't redeemed, if God wasn't living in us, we have absolutely nothing to offer anything else. So if anything flows through us, it is God flowing through us. So don't touch His glory. Don't take any pride. Don't take any confidence being used by God. Just walk in humility with God and stay humble before God and just keep moving. That's what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit never says, look at me. The Holy Spirit says, look at Jesus. And when we desire that, when we desire to get people's attention and their focus on Jesus, then he begins to flow through us powerfully. Can you say amen? So watch that. We must always remember that that's what he does. When Jesus Christ was on the earth as the son of man, he was empowered and anointed by the Holy Spirit to do the will of the Father in his life on earth. Therefore, he is highly exalted. Amen? Hear me this morning. Jesus did all he did by the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit, not by his deity. You cannot point through one miracle, one thing that Jesus did because he was God in the flesh. He was not God in the flesh. He was God who became flesh. Let me share it with you like this. Deity cannot redeem humanity. Humanity has to redeem humanity. All God had to become all man. Jesus had to become man like you and I. When the Bible says he was tempted in all ways just as we are, it would not be a fair competition if he got to be tempted as God. Doing all right? He had to be able to face temptation exactly. He is the second Adam. He became the second Adam. The difference is, is that for you and I, we're connected to Adam by seed. Jesus connected to God by seed. 
He is born of the seed of his father. So he doesn't have Adam's nature in his flesh. He has the father's nature in his flesh. He's born from above. We are born from the earth. Are you with me on this? So important to understand. But when you understand that he became all men, he became the one man. I love what Leonard Ravenhill said. He became the one man who was worth all men. Jesus is the one man who was worth all men. And so as all men, he faced everything as he said. In the garden, he says, Father, if there's any way, deliver me from this. Let this cup pass from me, but not as I will, as your will. And he's praying. Listen to what he says. Listen to what Jesus said. My soul is exceedingly sorrowful unto death. Well, if I'm God, I'm not grieved. Are you listening to me? And so there's that area, and there's a big argument right now, and theologically people fight over this whole thing. But, but in this area, when you just read Scripture, Jesus became all man to redeem man. And he did that, and by doing that, his ministry began when the Holy Spirit came upon him at the baptism. He went from that baptism and began his ministry. Are you doing all right? And so in that area, so he was the word that became flesh. And now you and I are flesh trying to become the word. You doing all right? We hear the word and we allow the word to transform us into its image and its character. And we're being conformed and transformed into the image of Christ who was the word who became flesh. We're trying to put off our flesh to become the living word. For God's life to be the life that's explained, the word of the life of his, the life of his word to be expressed through our life. Are you doing all right? That's what we're after. And if you'll yield to the Holy Spirit, God's life will flow through you. But you've got to get out of your old man, the outward man who's perishing, and start living by the new man. You've got to become in, God inside-minded, life inside-minded. Amen? Jesus did everything he did. Go with me to Ephesians 3. You're right there. Turn over to chapter 3 and look at this. I want you to see this. Jesus did all he did by the power and anointing of the Holy Spirit, not by his deity. We are called and anointed to do the same. This is what Jesus said. The same works that I did, you're going to do also. Well, if he did them by deity, how can we do them? Because we are definitely not deity. We are redeemed humanity. Amen? But we're redeemed into the fullness of God. <coughs> Hallelujah. Now watch this. He was the son of man anointed without measure. And God does not give his spirit by measure to his son or to us. That's one of the other deceptions that the church has said. Oh, Jesus had the spirit without measure. God does not measure out his spirit. He doesn't give out his spirit like change. Here, you get a nickel, you get a quarter, you get a dollar, you get 50 cents worth, you get 50 bucks worth. This guy over here gets $5 million worth. That's the way we think. We think people get different measures of God. You have the same measure that everybody gets. You know what your measure is? The fullness of God. When you receive God, you receive all of his fullness. God does not give his spirit by measure. He only gives his fullness. Listen to Ephesians chapter 3, and look at what Paul says in verse 19. He's praying for them to know the love of Christ, which passes what? There's a love that God has for you that goes beyond what you will ever understand. You just experience, believe, and receive. That passes knowledge. Watch this. That you may be filled with what? With what? No, 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 you skipped a word. That you may be filled with what? All the fullness 
of God, that you may be filled with what? All the fullness. Paul says, I'm praying for that to be revealed to you, not to be spoken to you, but to be revealed to you. That's why the preaching of the gospel is so important. People think, well, I just preach God for myself. No, because when the gospel is preached, you're hearing a man speak, but God's going to reveal something into your spirit. All of a sudden, you're sitting there, and, I, and I'm hearing something, and then all of a sudden, something goes, ooh, on the inside of me. Ooh. I like what Mark Filkey said. Pastor Mark Filkey said this. Yeah. He goes, I'm pregnant, and I know who the father is. I just conceive life on the inside of me. I'm pregnant with the life. God, Paul said it like this, Galatians 4, 19. My dear children, I'm praying for you until Christ is fully formed in you. And when he's fully formed in you, then you will give birth to the fullness of his life through your life. Well, I just get bored with Christianity. That's because you're living in your outside man trying to figure God out with your head. If I ever get you out of your head into your belly, amen. Say, Pastor, what are you after? I'm after your belly. I'm after your inside man. I'm after you just turn to God. I'm getting rid of all of my reasoning, all of my doubts, all of my excuses. I'm no longer doubt. I'm believing you with everything that is in me. I'm agreeing and living by the new man on the inside of me. Amen? The worship team will come back. I'm done. <laughs> Hear me this morning. Christ came to give us a perfect example. To those who will listen, the blessed Holy Spirit will glorify Christ by revealing all the beauty and splendor to them of all that is Christ to them. As we grow and learn the mystery of Christ and his wonderful life, we're enabled to walk in the same pathway, partake of the same glorious victory as he did by the Spirit. Thank you, Donnie. <clears throat> Friday, Sean asked me to, I played in a golf tournament for Koinia Adoption Agency that they adopted our little granddaughter, Grace, through. And... Uh, so at the golf tournament, we're playing golf, and Jason Smotherman and, uh, from Vacaville and Jared McCarran, who will be here May 29th, the, uh, the 30th, the end of this month, young man, love these young men, the next generation, these guys, and uh, like Eli and all of our young men. But uh, so we're playing golf, and, and, and it's a scramble, so you start out on different roles. So we start out on hole 15, come around, and on hole number nine, as we're playing the front nine, they have this air cannon, and they're shooting your golf ball out there over 300 yards, about 350 yards down the fairway. And that's cool. Well, the two guys that are running it, one guy is just, and they go, oh, we got all these prizes, and you can do this stuff, and you can go to Vegas and do this stuff, and he's just going off and off. And about the fourth F-bomb, I'm just like, dude, I'm done with you. And uh, so I'm just praying in the Holy Ghost. And he takes me over there to the cannon. We're doing this stuff. And I shoot one out there and land it. Oh, man, that's awesome. That's perfect. I said, yeah, I got a shot for you too, buddy. And uh, <laughs> praying to myself and uh, going along. And so uh, then he goes, oh, yeah, here, I'll give you. You can go to Vegas too. And don't take your wife. Take your girlfriend. I said, all right. So we're getting ready to go to our carts. And I just stopped myself. I grab his hand and go, hey, buddy, thank you. And I grab his hand and I go, has anybody ever told you God love you so much? He gave his only begotten son. If you believe on him, you will not perish. You could have everlasting life. And the spirit of God went whoosh 
on the tee box on the ninth fairway at the Ridge Golf Course in Auburn, the Spirit of God sat down on that man's life. And I said, he goes, wow, I didn't expect to get prayed for today. I said, more than that. I said, you've been, and the Spirit of God gave me a word of knowledge. You've been running from God. God's been dealing with you. The man starts crying. I said, you need to pray with me right now. He goes, okay. And he prayed right there and accepted Christ as his Savior. Amen. Amen. And then his buddy is sitting on the other side of the pop-up, sitting down in the chair, walking all this. So this man's name is Rick. And so Rick gives his life to Christ. He's standing there crying. And then I, t- I turned to the other guy. I said, what's your name? He said, my name's Zeke. I said, Zeke, you want to pray too? He stands up and goes, yeah. Wow. Two guys in one minute get saved. But, but see, watch, watch. See, you, you have to live by the inner man. This is what I'm trying to tell you. It happens at a golf course. It's going to happen when you're in Safeway. It's going to happen when you're in Rayleigh. It's going to happen when you're in TJ Maxx. It's going to happen when you're in the store. God's going to stir something in you, and there's going to be a stirring. Wait a minute. This guy dropped an F on it, but, but it's not because he vile. It's because there's a brokenness in his heart. He's running from God. He just needs somebody that will be yielded and used by the Holy Spirit to bring him to me. I've been trying to get him, but I can't get him unless I can send you to him. That's why Jesus said, pray to the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth labor into the harvest field. And what I'm trying to get across to you as your pastor, that you are born of God. And he wants you to anoint you with his spirit because he has people like Rick and like Zeke that he wants to reach through you. That's all you got. He wants to bring rain. We just saw, we started Sunday night. I went down two of the last four nights with Mario Murillo on William Jessup, the campus, the soccer field out there. Here's this amazing campus. We have almost 4,000 people every night. There are hundreds of souls coming to Christ every night. Over 1,000 people got saved in four nights in Sacramento. God is moving in the earth. The only question is, do you want to be a part of a move of God? Do you want to be a part of a move of God? Okay, just stay seated. That's how God moves. He moves when you're just seated. He moves when you don't do anything. God moves when you move. God moves when you move. God moves when you move. move. And He gives you boldness. What happens is, when you're around people like that, and they're doing things that upset you, it's upsetting you, but don't let it upset you in your emotions. Let it stir you in your spirit. He said, God, I'm not walking away from this man and just going away offended because of his vulgarity. God, you want to reach a man's heart. You don't want people bound by that. You don't want them bound in the lie. You want set free. Jesus came to seek and to save the lost does it through you does it through you raise your hands to heaven